You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 4, Episode 29. As the New York Rangers fall in overtime, blowing a 2-1 to lead over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, hey everyone, Andy here. Uh, I'm running solo tonight because James has some fatherly duties to attend to with a newborn. So, or recently newborn I should say. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately it's just me to recap a pretty disappointing uh, loss and blown lead against the Toronto Maple Leafs, but uh, we'll get into all of it on tonight's podcast. And trust me, there's a plenty of frustration to vent and plenty to break down in uh, just a disappointing game that did have very few, but there were some silver linings. Uh, man, where to start with this loss? Um, so honestly, <laughs> I thought the New York Rangers were the better team for majority of the first two periods, even going into the third period, I thought they, they felt it felt like even though they give up a goal early on a blown coverage uh, by Julian Gauthier, Igor misreads a backhand, which is notoriously as every goalie is quick to remind you the hardest shots to read, which I get. It was a beautifully placed shot against the grain um, with coverage on him. Just, kind of hard to track and read. You don't know if it's going near side on you or far side. So that's clearly what happened to Igor. But even so, even giving up a, a goal pretty early in the uh, first period, the New York Rangers um, do, I do think they do a good job maybe just playing 50-50 hockey with, with the Maple Leafs. The Leafs get obviously get some chances, but so do the Rangers. Uh, but the Rangers, as that first period goes on, starts to establish their forecheck better. Uh, second period is obviously all the New York Rangers. The kid line starts cooking. Uh, Philip Heedle has a hell of a period. He's flying and firstly uh, scores off of a fate of a seemingly nondescript harmless face off. Um, yeah. And puts the Rangers on the board and just gets kind of lights the fire because it seems like the vets in this game we're really struggling to put uh, get shots on net to get chances 
you could see it on their faces. Kreider looked particularly, I don't know if he, he looked sick. I don't know what was going on with him, but he looked particularly sour that game. Uh, but it seemed like there was a lot of missed calls in the Rangers favor, but it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about that. They had their power play chances. They just didn't get it done. Um, I think they had two to the Leafs four or whatever, but uh, didn't get it done. But Heedle gets the New York Rangers on the board and uh, the kid line starts cooking. And like I said, they're flying and they start establishing that heavy pressure for check game, finding each other um, and winning all their battles and creating a cycle that's impossible for the other team to win that we saw in the playoffs last year. And lo and behold, they have a beauty of a shift again. Kako, I think, bats down at least three or four pucks as the Leafs are trying to clear it. Uh, gets it to Lafreniere, who has been much better in his last few games since getting reunited with them. Finds uh, Kako, who makes a nice little move on the defender. I'm not sure who it was. And then just pass it to Heedle for open cage for uh, his... Uh, Nice little one-timer and his second goal of the night. So, and then hell, he he even almost had one coming out of the box on a pretty pretty weak call, if you ask me. But thought the Rangers penalty kill was also good all night. But the story of this game is the third period rolls around and the Rangers are at least to start that third period looking good and they're they're in game management mode and Toronto keeps coming and coming and coming and lo and behold they're able to tie it up off of a blown uh, just a. Uh, uh, a puck that just eludes everyone. It's uh, gets back to the point. Good work by um, William Nylander in uh, a little bit of a broken play and uh, Kreider who was starting to have a nightmare of a game. He, he missed a wide open equalizing goal on a, on an open net in the power play. And he, he looked like a, he was, he had seen a ghost the rest of the game and he played like it too and had a few brutal turnovers. Just can't tie up his man in time. And lo and behold, the Leafs tie it up. Ugh, and so off to overtime we go. And not even 10 seconds in, 15 seconds in, you have run out Miller with Zabajad and Panarin. And uh, I don't know what all three of them were doing, but Panarin with a weak stick check on Mitch Marner and basically Mika Zabajad just standing there and Keandre Miller also just kind of watching and but reacting when it's too late. And I know it's one of those things where in three on three, you're, you play man-to-man coverage because you can't get caught in switches. You just play your man. But Panarin with a weak stick check, and the second he does the stick check, Marner knows it's time to go because Panarin has kind of used all of his momentum on this little stick check, and he just starts moving, turning his feet. And he literally just kind of walks in across Igor and slides it in the, the hole between his, his pads and the net. Uh, Miller try he puts it through Mil- between Miller's tripod almost and just moves right through him and it's Miller is kind of I think he's thinking to himself all right that's Bread's man he's got him he's going to do something but just everyone gives too much deference and it's too late by the time they all react Leafs win two to uh three to two final in overtime uh yeah embarrassing stuff for the New York Rangers and they the broadcast flashes up to Chris Drury who during that game it flashed a few times did not look happy with what he was seeing on the ice in front of him. So that kind of leads us to where I'm at right now. And the biggest question I have is that going into this game, there's been a lot made the last few days about Gerard Gallant's allocation of ice time and how he's saying the kids have to earn it. And I'm not going to 
go to them first. There's players in front of them. It's just the way it is. We're in the business of winning hockey games. But on a night where only the kids were going and you don't go to, and the vets actively look bad. Panarin, so many turnovers. Trocheck couldn't create anything. Zvanajad had his moments. I liked his game defensively, but just, you know, when his linemates weren't going and you go to them and they lay such an egg for you in a lethargic performance from them. It's like, it's no, it's no secret. The Rangers are lucky to get a point out of that game because you literally only had one line doing anything. It was the kid line. So they can thank the kid line for the point, but, um, and Shesterkin did have to make some good saves, but uh, I don't necessarily blame him on the goals he gave up. They were kind of impossible goals for him to stop, but uh, I would love to, I'm hoping in that the the press asked Gallant about his choice in OT and why after the kids were having such a good game, you didn't, did you think about putting them out there? Because they'll ask him and he'll probably bark and snap and be all ornery about it. But someone needs to call out the fact that Panarin had an awful game. Kreider had an awful game. Trocek did absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, and the other lines were eh, whole big bags of mat. You know, I, I obviously I'm not going to throw Will Cooley under the bus. I think he it was his first game as a ranger and he had you know he unfortunately he's on the ice for the first goal against but i don't really wasn't his fault um and he yeah he was heavy and he forced a, a puck over the glass penalty and then he also uh made a nice pass on a chance to i forget who it was it might have been gotier um but you know he looked fine in his nhl debut with the rangers so Hopefully he can build some confidence here, but and apparently Sammy Blay scored in his first game of the AHL, so there you go. Gets the goal monkey off of his back. Hopefully, if he does come back up, it will be with renewed confidence in how he needs to play. Um, but uh, yeah, just literally the kid line was the only line for the Rangers that had any sort of momentum or flow going, and uh. I believe they barely played in the final seven seven to nine minutes of the game, which is uh, absolutely ludicrous to me because Gallant apparently does not trust them defensively despite some real lackluster efforts from his veterans. So it's, it's yeah, what where does that leave us? Why is that the case? And I don't necessarily have an answer for you. So if, if anyone out there who listens to this podcast knows why, I would love to hear your theories because Gerard Gallant, it's, I understand he keeps saying he's in the business of winning hockey games and that's just the way it is, but it seems that the evidence is staring him right in the face and he refuses to acknowledge it. So, but it will be interesting to see. I'm recording this basically right after the game on Wednesday night. So potentially we could see some quotes, uh, trickle out from the media, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it will be it will be interesting. But uh, I guess we should talk about the silver linings. Like I mentioned, the kid line getting hot is definitely a silver lining to this game. Obviously, um, if I could say one thing, as mad as I am about this loss, um, I think when James asked me on our last podcast what I expected from these three games out of the Rangers being against the uh, Panthers, the Maple Leafs, and um, who, who do they play on, uh, on Friday? Oh, and the Golden Knights. I, would, I said I would like to see uh, four points. I, was, I would allow them a loss 
uh, one loss and two wins or a win and two overtime losses. Um, at this point, I'm hoping for uh, five out of a possible six points if they can beat the the Maple. Um, excuse me, they can beat the uh, the Golden Knights when they're back at home um, on Friday. Uh, but still a dangerous team, so they could still. There's a chance they could come away with only three. But um, am I going to overreact to this game? Uh maybe. I want, I want to. I definitely feel. I feel like most fans want to. But it's just one of those things where. It was a night where there was clearly not a lot going, and I can either you can either choose to look at it as like, look, the New York Rangers are lucky in that they have some stoop like they have enough talent in Shesterkin and in Adam Fox and their bets some members of their back end that even on a night where literally only one line is going, they can pull it out. Where there's some teams that they need all their lines going at all to to pull out a win, um, but so that's maybe a positive way to look at it but at the same time uh it was just an absolutely i don't know just a really poor showing from the vets in this game and uh it'll be interesting to see what Gerard uh, Gallant's comments are and if he chooses to acknowledge that those struggles um but again I'm not going to necessarily hold my breath on that one but that's being said uh you know your 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 team's gonna have some stinkers. The Rangers are still of this uh, as of this uh, airing. I believe they're still third in the Metropolitan Dis- Division. Um, and honestly, even though the Leafs turned it on, if I they don't scare me at all. I mean, you could the Rangers were able to neutralize them, but I just think it came down to focus and effort, and it was just inconsistent and dumb mistakes and. Uh, you know, as I think it's some of the glaring holes in this team, I think are starting to become more apparent. Um, ben Harper had a real rough night, and I think you can you're starting to see, even though at times he was like he looked like he could kind of at least blend in the background and not cause too much of a stir. You're starting to see maybe the lack of awareness rear its head. He had some pretty bad turnovers, blind passes that weren't out, just onto player sticks uh, at times. Got walked a few times, you know, bad pinches and things of that nature. So. And, you know, right now you're trying to de- develop Braden Schneider, but and he has to carry a lot of water on that uh, on that pairing. You know what I mean? So that's clearly a, an area where Chris Drury, uh, who, by the way, they kept, like I said, mentioned, they kept uh, the broadcast kept panning to and he was arms folded and he looked furious over this loss. He looked furious over the tying goal and he looked furious over the loss. So we'll see. Maybe there there maybe something will come of this because they made a point to show him look all pissed off and just uh, not, and especially when the Rangers almost gave up in the dying seconds, almost gave up a, a, a goal to John Tavares, which literally would have got them no points and lost the game. So, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see if this, if he seeing this firsthand understands like what, where this team, and then maybe not just this season, but just going forward in the future, like who are the diminishing returns, you know? Um, but we shall see, like I said. Now, uh, where, I guess, where does that leave the New York Rangers? I, like I said, I, I don't want to overreact to one game, but, um, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if after this, 
the kid line starts developing some chemistry going forward, like, like they had rekindled, maybe I should say rekindled chemistry like they've had in the past. If Gerard Gallant, once again, the line blender was out and it was VC with, you know, he started with uh, Panarin and Zabanjad Kreider. It's just not working. Kreider does not look comfortable on the right. Then he moved VC up there and, and the Kreider back with Trocek. And it was just, it, the line blender was going. He still can't find any semblance of lines he likes. He knows he likes the kid line. Uh, last year having um, just a pure shooter with Kreider and Zabanajad and Vitrano really seemed to, and a guy who was just willing to kind of try to forecheck as fast as he could, it really seemed to help them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hopefully, seeing this, who knows what Chris Drury has up his sleeve. Um, you know, I think, like I said, Timo Meyer's a name that's been talked about and, and whispered about and uh, by hockey insiders and things of that nature, or at least it's a team being high on the Rangers, if not number one on their list. And he's a bona fide stud, and putting him, you know, with honestly any of the top two lines could pay dividends because I think it's you're starting to see that if you're going to keep the kid line together, which I it's right now is the only thing that seems to be working for all three of them. Although he is, I think has been a good self starter for himself this season, but uh, that's clearly where they're all the most successful is when they play together. So keep them together. You, the, the goal is to get the other two lines going, which I mean, Kreider's and Jed have had history together, but Kreider is fighting it this season and you knew he was just not going to score at the same clip he did. Uh, after last season, and right now he's in a bit of a cold spell after at least starting off this season pretty, at least, you know, fairly productive. He looked like he's on pace for a good season, you know, but um, yeah, he's clearly fighting it right now, especially after coming back from injury. And yeah, and Mika, I've liked his game defensively, but again, if Kreider's not going and Kreider's the guy he's passing the puck to, he, you know, despite he's been scoring goals and he's been good recently. I, I'm not going to, I'm honestly not going to drag Mika too much. Um, although I thought, you know, maybe could do a little bit more on that last goal, but I understand you were, you thought it was a assist, you know, you were playing man on man and you had your man and you didn't want to do anything. So, but yeah, they have to figure out a way to get those lines going. Um, Trocek and Panarin do not have the chemistry of Strom and Panarin, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, I think a lot of Rangers fans right now are kind of, understanding or starting to see what the what that looks like of a Panarin who is less uh at least offensively seems less effective so uh yeah they that's clearly should be Chris Drury's first and sole priority and obviously like we talked about upgrading the D on the third pairing or or, or get a partner for Brain Schneider who can log more reliable minutes and make them feel more comfortable trotting up that third pairing out there to help rest the top two pairs. And uh, yeah, that's the goal right now. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet up to $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welp, uh, I wanted some accountability from Gerard Gallant about the play of his veterans tonight, and it seems much uh, not to my surprise, unfortunately, that we're not going to get that. Uh, credit to Molly Walker on Twitter uh, in the post-game presser with Gerard Gallant. Uh, this was what he had to say on the game. I thought we played real well in a tough building with a real good team against us. I want the two points, but we'll take one, the one and run. Is he kidding me? Like, he... Ugh, man, Turk. Turk, 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 Turk. Ah, seems to be living in some sort of a fantasy land, I guess, because, uh, I don't know. It's like <laughs> he comes down so hard on the kids sometimes, and when his his veterans have a pretty poor game, his mouth stays shut. I mean, I know he's got a reputation as a player's coach, and he's going to protect his his leaders because that's who he needs to I guess technically lead the team but I don't know man it's it would have been nice to acknowledge that you know listen it feels like our you know our big gun struggle tonight uh happy to, for the kids but yeah it just wasn't enough to get the job done even that's like kind of punting on the question but to be like I'm happy that we got a point out of this game are you kidding me like come on man you you had this game pretty much in the bag like you can be upset you can be mad, even if it's like, well, they're a good team. So I guess the fact that we got a point at all is like lucky. No, come on, man. Uh, yikes. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the disappointing quote in my book from Gerard Gallant. But I don't know. Uh, he He's in the locker room, not us, I guess. So he's got his finger on the pulse, I would imagine. So. Uh, well, yeah, it is what it is. All right, moving forward, the New York Rangers uh, face off with on Friday back at home with the Vegas Golden Knights, um, who have been struggling as of late, I believe. I'm looking at the record here, and when was the last time they won a game? Oh, they, they beat the, let's see, oh, they beat uh, the Capitals a few games ago, but other than that, Jesus, I think Vegas has only one let's let's count it up here um let's see do, 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 do. sorry great podcasting right one two three four five six seven in their last seven games uh vegas has won uh two of them two in their last seven so that's not good <laughs> and i'm not talking like ot losses i think i, th- I believe they're all regulation losses so no, they lost an OT to the Devils. I forgot about that. Um, but the rest were regulation losses. So, uh, yeah, Vegas is struggling right now. I think they have some injuries still. And the Rangers need to need to beat them now because you, you blew a point against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. A game you, you had won, and you blew it. So they need a point here. Um, and because after that, for the New York Rangers, then it's the All-Star break. And... It'll be interesting to see if all of Shesterkin, Panarin, and Adam Fox attend. Uh, I'm going to say Shesterkin goes and Fox goes, but I have a feeling Panarin's going to bow out, and then they'll put someone else from another team in there because I cannot see all three Rangers going. I would love that. It would be great. You know, I mean, uh, 
maybe the only thing is I feel like it's in Miami and I know a lot of the Russian players in the NHL love South Beach. Uh, Panarin can go stay with Sergei Bobrovsky, his good buddy, uh, you know, and obviously he can invite Igor too and hell, invite Adam Fox too. He's on your team. So it would be cool to see three Rangers represented at the All-Star game. But uh, yeah, it'll be, I don't know if that's going to happen. I just have a feeling that when you have three players from the Rangers going, one of them's going to come up with some excuse why they can't or some injury or some uh, maintenance or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, sorry. As I record this, just everyone gushing over Mitch Marner's goal, embarrassing New York Rangers, which I love. I absolutely love that type of stuff, um, as you as you all know. It's great being the butt of hockey Twitter for the night. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh it'll be interesting to see at least if they can win listen as negative as i am right now if the rangers can win their next game against vegas and you say okay you you pull out from the 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 mic you know the micro and you look at the macro and you say okay the rangers got uh five out of a possible six points the one game they lost was in overtime on the road and you kind of sweat the small details and you can say maybe it's like well it's a long season it's hard to keep your your focus the whole season. And at the end of the day, the Rangers are in third place in probably the toughest division in the league. So you can probably say that's pretty good. And, you know, as long as you get into the playoffs, uh, you're in a good spot. But that being said, it does not seem like the Rangers have the same, even I technically think the Rangers on paper, or maybe not on paper, but, yeah, well, on paper, because all the kids are a year older. On paper, the Rangers this year should, if especially if they make some additions at the deadline, should be better. But, and I think they are better. I just, it doesn't, the magic is, which actually had picked up recently with obviously their, you know, their comeback wins as, as of late. Uh, yeah, I think at times you worry about their focus in the regular season, but who knows? Maybe they can get in the, once they make it to the playoffs, they'll turn into cold-blooded assassins and just take care of business that's obviously everyone's hope that's my hope uh but yeah i don't know um i'm not holding out too much hope for that because uh again it's it's very hard to maybe replicate what they had going on last year but oh as i as i record this there's been a trade the san jose excuse me the san jose sharks uh, have traded Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley to the Colorado Avalanche. Ryan Merkley, uh, a pretty talented, off, at least offensively, I think he's, but also a polarizing uh, prospect, I believe. Uh, I would say, dare say, dare I say, a Tony D'Angelo type. Uh, and Nieto, who's a, I think Nieto used to be an Avalanche, so, you know, I think he's going back to them, right? Maybe I'm making that up for Martin Cout and Jacob McDonald. So clearly the abs are looking to upgrade their bottom six a little bit uh, as they start to string some more wins after they're back in the playoff picture. I don't know why we were all worried about them. They were so banged up, but uh, you know, they're, uh, they're making their push again. So watch out for the avalanche, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see because now that the, I think with the, there's some downtime here, as we approach the trade deadline, your GMs are going to be talking and maybe we'll finally start to see some movement. And maybe this will, maybe this, we saw the first domino. You never know, but um, at least GMs will have 
a lot of time to evaluate their teams. I mean, by now, as I we record this, the Islanders have lost again, and they're clearly not going to make the playoffs. Uh, as much as that pains me, um, there was sarcasm in my voice. I don't know if you picked up on that, uh, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's GMs can sit down and take a look and be honest with themselves about what their teams are now. Any illusions or misillusions or whatever you want to call it, or about how good their team they thought it was, or at least that what their potential was should be pretty much erased by now. If, uh, if you're out of it right now, if you're more than four points out of it right now, I think you might want to take a look at your team. And especially if there's a chance at landing Connor Bedard, uh, yeah, you might want to start selling everything that's not nailed to the floor with a, you know, immovable contract. So, uh, but like I said, as negative as I've been on this podcast about the Rangers' performance tonight, I think overall they've been fine. Like they've been better. Listen, they've been a better team in the last clearly since the helmet toss, and they're in the position they're in in a very difficult division with some very good teams that even some diff- some good teams that seem to be struggling or up and down, like the Penguins, who are very streaky this year, or the Capitals. So uh, clearly, teams like you know the Devils have who are high flying this year have after a tough stretch have found their, their mojo again. They, you know, I think they're maybe they're not dominating as hard, but like they're, they've had all these good comeback wins, tying up, you know, games in the last few seconds of regulation and then winning an OT. They've done it twice now, I think uh, two Dougie Hamilton OT winners in a row. So yeah, Jack Hughes is flying, uh, which obviously as a Rangers fan sucks, but as a hockey fan, it's cool to see the kid, you know, kids absolutely money. But, uh, yeah, I think to, I almost forgot what I was, the point I was trying to make, excuse me. Uh, but to that point, you know, the, the Rangers should be pretty happy about where they're at, but again, they need to be honest, especially about you're looking at re-signing Philip Heedle, re-signing Keandre Miller, re-signing Alexi Lafreniere and Miller and Heedle are going to make some bank and that's going to hurt this team. So they might have to make some tough choices, some really tough choices. You know, I mean, you, you can't, you have to imagine Barkley Goudreau might not have a place on this team next year. Uh, or hell, I mean, I know it's crazy to think this, but maybe they, they try to sell high on Chris Kreider. You know, it's, uh, I know it sounds like a wild thing to think, but it's not impossible. I mean, they need to shed salary. He makes a lot of money and, that 50 goal season we saw might at his age might, it might be all downhill from here. So, you know, it might be better to get out from that while you still can, especially this season where he seems to be a little bit less effective. So, uh, but that puts a lot of pressure on the kids who have struggled with the limelight. They're good when they're together, but when asked to carry the load, I think a little bit it's, but they, in fairness to them, they haven't really been given that full confidence, especially if, if they just kept, getting trotted out and force fed minutes no matter if no matter what it, they'd put it together but at least when together they're each other security blankets and they seem to be producing so that is good but like i said uh tough decisions coming up for chris Drury. tough decisions coming up for uh the rangers coaching staff and you know the rest of their front office but uh, uh yeah i guess that one would just have to hope that after Chris Drury did such a good job diagnosing what this team 
some weaknesses were going into the last trade deadline, and he addressed them. And he did a great job with, obviously, brings in uh, Mott, Cop, uh, and Vetrano, and it's just what the doctor ordered. And honestly, um, you know, obviously, it, it's they don't have as much cap space as they did last year, so I don't know if they're going to go after two lesser pieces or one bigger piece, but, you know, there's a world where Vetrano, excuse me, not Vetrano, but uh, Tyler Mott comes back uh, for this team to play in the bottom, you know, cause again, it's the fourth line is just hasn't, they haven't found the right mixture yet. And they clear, they're clearly searching and it's, uh, been hard for them to get their fourth line going. They, you know, they've been had some a string of bad games, but I think, you know, at least at this time that, uh, the only person who I think is, is safe on the fourth line is going to be, uh, Julian Gauthier, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think you have to keep good. If you want to keep good on the fourth line and have with Gautier, you have to find one more person to play with them. But Tyler Mott might be the perfect person to do that. So, but yeah, that, that, you know, again, the cap, the limited cap space is a problem. If they keep, I believe they were on pace to have around $7 million by, uh, just having, you know, one extra player off the roster, but I think since sending Sammy, Sammy Blay down, I don't know, or and having Lissishin on the team and bring Will Cooley up, I don't know if that's the case. I think it might be a little bit less, but I know they have a plan, or one would hope they have a plan. God, I hope they have a plan. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Or do they do? Do they just take a big swing at a big fish and go for? Hope it changes the complexion of everything, or do they make two smaller s- s- swings, almost kind of like they did? You know, Cop was the biggest piece they brought in, and, and it wasn't a crazy big piece, but they it clearly worked, and they diagnosed it well. Uh, and then they they had you know they got pretty much got uh, Vitrano for a steal, and they got Tyler Mott for not much at all. And lo and behold, uh, it worked out dividends for them. But we'll see. Um, oh, and before you ask, no, Chris Drury uh, is not going to trade Brandon Othman. Don't be stupid; it's not happening. All right. Um, this one is a relatively short podcast, but uh, again, hoping the Rangers are on to better things and a big win right before the All- NHL All-Star game. It'll be fun to uh, when next time we talk to you on Monday to talk about the All-Star game with James, who I'm sure will be back by then, uh, not dealing with uh, crying babies and, and things of that nature. So. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you have questions, you can tweet us at Broadway Boys Pod on Twitter. Uh, we'll be more than happy to answer your questions and address them here on the podcast or if you're, levy any criticism. If you're like Andy, I hate listening to your voice. You stink. You don't know anything about hockey. That's great. Just tweet that at me and I will read it. And I will say, you know, such and such at, at such and such on Twitter says, Andy, you stink. Uh, I hate listening to you. Why are you so bad at... Uh, covering hockey on a podcast and i will give you my honest response but not until you tweet at me sucker you gotta tweet at me uh you can tell i'm a little tired right (laughs) anyway uh or the rangers are making me tired i don't know if it's i don't know which one's which but uh thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see y'all on monday later thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. 
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.